by Riverside. Welcome to Garage Takes Season 3, Episode 1. Brant, welcome back, man. How have you been? How's dad life? Let's start there. Dave, dad life is everything. <laughs> it's cracked up to be. I mean, we're talking poopy diapers, uh, middle of the night feedings. We're doing all the things. We're having a ton of fun. Um, no, it's going awesome, though. I absolutely love it. It's, uh, it's an adventure every day, for sure. Awesome. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I am uh, beyond excited to be back on the podcast with you and trying some new things this season. So, um, for anybody, well, first of all, welcome all of our old listeners and also potentially some new listeners. We're going to try some YouTube stuff this season and just kind of see where it goes, where it takes off. I got to credit Brant and saying, uh, you know, we got to dive into this YouTube live stuff or put some segments out there. I don't know what that means, but we're going to figure it out hopefully and uh we'll we'll see where it goes the first time though that i actually gotta you know make sure that i don't have any blemishes on my face or anything because apparently we're going to be on video so um you look fantastic you look really good thank you man (laughs) after my own heart um for it just to catch people up and so maybe some first-time listeners to the podcast um and i won't drag this on too long before we get into some lions into some michigan football this is the end of July, and football is certainly in the air, so we're going to get there. Um, but where did this podcast start? Well, for those of you that don't know, me and Brant, we are a couple of just average guys that grew up in a small town, best friends for well over 30 years now, and talk more times than we'd like to admit to each other on the phone about sports on the way home from work, on drives home from work, and thought hey, let's start a podcast and and see where this thing goes. And over the last couple of years, you know, this is season three. So the first two years, it just kind of took off and uh, got a lot more positive feedback than we were expecting. And we're just excited to see where this thing goes and kind of where it's taken off. So um, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review positive comments they go a long way in supporting us subscribe to our youtube channel as well i don't exactly know what that means but i know i'm supposed to say it Uh, so hopefully as these episodes drag on this season you know exactly what that uh what what that means and how it's going to help out the podcast but um truly we are happy and grateful to be back and talk about another season of michigan football some Big Ten, NCAA, also talking Lions as well. So, uh, Brant, I guess we should probably hop right into it. Yeah, let's do it, man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you back for a minute, okay? We let's. I want to start with the Lions. You cool with that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So months ago, well, really, this was. I'm just going to call it like March or April. Maybe it was early May. I don't remember. Um, I said the Lions should be talked about in the NFC championship game this upcoming season. And you kind of laughed at me. And you said, and I believe in quote, you've got to crawl before you walk. I want to know now end of july and and for those of you that don't know i am not a lions homer by any means i'm actually a cowboys fan so i I know insert joke there um but i'm pretty high on the lions and i have been for for months and i had made a comment a few months ago at the end of season two and i said why why are we not talking about the lions as if they're playing for a super bowl why are we not talking about the lions as if they are competing for an nfc championship their over/under win total right now are set is set at ten and a half, and Brant, I want to know where you stand right now. Was that totally outlandish? Uh, where are you high on this team? Are you kind of just like well, because I I feel like there are different categories of fans. There's the we're gonna win it all, like the crazy lion fan, right? That shows up to Ford Field every Sunday. There's the 
SOL fan that's like, I've been following this team for 50 years and they always let you down and so blah, 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 blah. And then you got the the tweeners that are like, well, they're actually, see, it seems like Dan Campbell and the staff is changing the culture, but like, I don't really know how to feel about them. Jared Goff's our quarterback. I mean, the, the division seems weak, but I'm not really sure. I don't think the Lions are there yet. Brant, where do you fall as it stands today? Over 10 and a half. They're going to win the division. They're going to go to the playoffs. They're hopefully going to get a home playoff game. I mean, well, you will if you win the division. But I, this team's going to the playoffs, Dave. That's where I'm at right now with this team. And I'm thinking they're going to win the division. Okay, so you're calling... The Lions are going to win the NFC North. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. They're going to win the division. Don't look. Don't even bat an eye at. I'm just looking at the odds right now. I don't know if you've uh, if you've looked at these recently, but the Lions right now are plus 155 to win the NFC North. They are the favorites for the first time in what over 30 years. The Vikings are right behind them at plus 260. Packers plus 340. Bears at plus four hundred. I mean, it's not like a run home race for anybody, but you're you're all aboard this train. You you're, you're not high on any of those other three teams. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't say NFC Championship. I just said I know uh, what they you will did. Make the, <laughs> they'll make the playoffs. Uh, they'll they'll be there in the playoffs, and I, and I'm really hoping they get the home playoff game. And I really think they will. Okay. What do you think they do with that home playoff game? Let me push you a little, little bit further here, because you're not, you're not willing to say play for the NFC Championship. So, so what hangs you up there? You think they're gonna win the division? They're going to host a home game at Ford Field, which, by the way, will be insane. And, but you're not willing to to put them in that category of they're gonna make the NFC Championship. What's stopping you from doing that? Because Brant, and I'm gonna let you talk. NFC Championship winner, okay, meaning they win and are going to the Super Bowl. The current odds are, in order, go the Eagles, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Lions, the Seahawks, the Vikings. Right, and so nobody believes in those, uh, the three you named, the Cowboys, the Lions, and the Seahawks. That's a total crapshoot, right? Nobody believes, like, firmly one of those three is going to go to the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I can tell you that I feel very comfortable saying that the Lions are not going to be the one seed. So for them to have to win two playoff games to get to the NFC Championship seems, like, outlandish to me. Like, that one just doesn't jive with me. You know what I mean? So I don't see them winning two playoff games. They could win the one, Dave. They could win on a wild card weekend, whatever and get to the divisional round. I don't see them going on the road to win a playoff game, maybe in Philly, uh, you know, at San Francisco. I don't think they're there yet. Why? Uh, I have to believe that the depth of this team is not where it needs to be. It's gotten better, certainly. Uh, the running back room has gotten a little more depth. Um, the defense still lacks some of that depth, I think, Dave. Their secondary has gotten a little deeper, but it's not deep enough to where it needs to be. And I believe that, man, can you imagine Hutch or Justin Houston going down? Um, James you know, that, Houston. James yeah. Houston, sorry. Yeah, I couldn't imagine one of those two going down. Like right now you're kind of banking on them being your bookends, right? And losing one of them would be an absolute nightmare. And I don't know if you're able to overcome that because you're going to have to – I mean, the name of the game right now, Dave, is like pressure the quarterback in the NFL, right? So – I think if you lose one of those two guys, you're, you're really in dire straits. And not to mention, I know Teddy B was in town. I know he was in town, but, I mean, we're dealing with Jared Goff here and an injury to Goff. I mean, I know I keep going back to the injury bug situation, Dave, but it just speaks to the depth of this roster and where it might be. I mean, do you see the Lions being led by a dude like Brock Purdy to the NFC Championship game like the 49ers were able to do? I mean, that's a deep team, Dave. I mean, they have depth everywhere. I, I, I think that a team like the 49ers were built to win with whoever was at the helm. That's not a shot at Brock Purdy or, or anybody. That right. comes down to coaching. It's not necessarily that the, the, the 49ers are some super deep team. I, I, I think that, truthfully, they are, they're coached well. 
Kyle Shanahan has that thing humming. And I I guess I'm just not out on the Lions to say they don't have that. Because this the injury bug, you can I can go through the roster here. The Eagles lose Jalen Hurts. Well, what happens? The 49, 49ers lose Bosa. Well, what happens? The Cowboys lose Micah Parsons or Dak Prescott. What happens? The, I, I can't get I, – I understand what you're saying about the depth piece. I'm not underscoring that. But I just think at face value for what it is right now – and there will be injuries. Oh, absolutely there will be. You already saw it right now. I mean, training camp, we're literally like getting started. It's like C.J. Gardner-Johnson carted off with a non-football contact injury like – that stuff scares you, right? That was a huge signing. That he's a huge integral piece of them moving forward. And then and then you're going through, well, they got branch from the draft, and like you start going through that depth chart, but every team does that. So at the end of the day, I go back to who's at the top of this list. And Vegas is not the end all be all, but Vegas has a pretty good pulse on things over the years. Eagles I, I can get down with that, right? You're talking about the they went to the Super Bowl last year. 49ers, yep, put them there. Cowboys, you know I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah, we can we can laugh at that. I, I mean I, I can't take that serious either till I see it happen. Lions, right there. Seahawks, are we really buying into the Geno Smith thing that happened last year? The Vikings. Running it back with Kirk Cousin and Kirk Cousins and no Dalvin Cook and looking like Madison's your running back. Like, I just, this NFC is weak. It is for the taking this year. And Jared Goff made some serious strides last year. I just think that they've added talent, they've added depth. That secondary, that defense in particular is totally revamped. I think you're going to need to see these guys step up and be ready. Like, Jack Campbell. You need to beat out Alex Anzalone for that linebacker job. Like, I know they'll both play, but my point is you're going to have to have some of these guys rise to the top. Absolutely. But from a talent perspective alone, dude, the Lions are favored to have the best offense in the NFC this year. Did you see that? Yeah, I mean, I saw they, an kind article. Of were, they kind of were last year. I mean, they, they were like a top 10 offense last year, so it does not surprise me, David. It doesn't shock me at all that, that, that that's a top 10 offense. And I'm going to just add a little more fuel to the fire here. I brought up in prep for this podcast, episode one, AP NFL Coach of the Year, 2023-2024. Brant, who do you think sits at the top of that list? I hope it's not Dan Campbell because that's outrageous. Oh, it's Dan Campbell. Well, that's outrageous. That's that- well, Okay, well, who are you putting above him then? To say that's outrageous. Who are you putting above him? I mean, look at a guy like last year. I mean, you had a dude like Sirianni come out of nowhere. Um, that's like got a young offensive mind like he is. Like, I just don't see. I just don't see where you're gonna. You're gonna just. He's gonna win 13, 14 games. Like, I, I just don't see where that's gonna be coming from. I mean, the Eagles win thirteen to fourteen games last year, Dave. I don't see. Do you see the Lions winning 13, 14 games? It's gonna he, take that for Dan, it's gonna take that for Dan Campbell to win it. I don't know if it is. I oh, don't. you think he's gonna I, win? I, ten, I mean, he's not gonna improve them from nine wins to ten wins and and win the award. Oh, okay, but if he goes from nine to twelve. They host a playoff game. I mean, I is this I team winning twelve games? They could. <laughs> yeah, they could for sure. They could. I think that's a longer shot. I think that's why their win total is at ten and a half, and not twelve and a half. What what is it that hit? so it's depth? That's it. That that is why you're not high on them. Nothing else. Their defensive else, line. Does, I, their defensive line doesn't worry you at all. You think that's a strength of this team? I don't. No, I agree. I, okay. I think that's yeah. I I think that is a. They're, they're young. They're going to use a lot of guys, right? They're going to rotate a lot of guys in. I also think that they won a lot of close games last year that went their way uh, when they won seven or eight in a row. 
or whatever it was. And I also watched them give up 500 rushing yards to the Carolina Panthers. So I'm not completely sold on this team yet, Dave. Like, you can come out here and say, they could win 12, 13 games. I don't think I'm in that boat with you yet. And I don't think that Dan Campbell is going to lead these guys to 13 wins. And I think that's what it's going to take to win Coach of the Year. I think a dude like Doug Marone has a much better chance with the Jaguars to hop into, like, a top three seed in the AFC and win the Coach of the Year to me. I don't know. That's where I stand with it. I think a dude like that pops out immediately. I think a guy like Trevor Lawrence is a sleeper MVP candidate. I, w- I would agree with that. I mean, I don't want to get off, I don't want to get off topic here, off the Lions topic. But I mean, that you asked, why couldn't he? Or maybe someone else that could do that. I can see a guy like Doug Marone stepping right into that role of coach. Well, of the year. I, I, I think that's fair, but. Your point of why Dan Campbell couldn't be coach of the year is because they won nine games last year and they need and to win not 13 win th- this year. Yeah, I but, could see. Oh, but, but the Jags made the playoffs last year. So so what's, sure, the, but they bar, still, what's the bar there? Because I think that they're going to win like 13 or 14 games this year. I could definitely see them. 13 or 14 games. Oh, yeah. You Thir- don't think that, 13 or 4, 14 and 3 Jacksonville Jaguars. You don't think they're going to sweep that division? That's a, that that is that's a hot take. You just said you can see Trevor Lawrence being the MVP. I I could, I <laughs> I could, but Brant they made the playoffs last year, and Trevor Lawrence also, by the way, in that playoff game threw about a million interceptions and came back and, and whatever and won but, the game and, they, they, <laughs> and they won the it. game. <laughs> they, they did, and they were they in did. that game in Arrowhead. Like people forget about that too. They lost they lost to the Chiefs by like ten points. Or seven right. points. That game was pretty close. Yeah, okay. We won't right, go off right. on this. Let, Plenty let, of season left to do this. This is good. I already like this, man. I'm already angry at you in <laughs> Season 3, Episode 1. Um, last question on the Lions, and then we are going to transition here into college football. Lions travel to Kansas City. Week 1. We got a lot of time to do this. How do you think they should... I and mean, I don't I don't even have the spread in front of me that I don't know what it looks like. What is the I'm not even gonna say how do you think they do that game? That's a lame take. How much does that game mean to this season? Whether they win, lose, close, whatever, how much does that particular game mean that Thursday night opening game, opening kickoff to the NFL season in front of the entire country who's been craving football for months? How much does that mean? To the Lions this season, Dave, it should mean a whole lot. It should. It should mean a whole lot to those guys in that locker room. It should mean a whole lot to Dan Campbell. Um, Dave, you're gonna hate this take, though. I feel like you're gonna hate this one. It's one of 17 at the end of the day. Like even if you lose to Kansas City, I hope it's respectable. I'm praying it's respectable. I'm hoping they're right there with. I'm hoping they beat them. Like I think they could do that, but. You have to keep in mind that this is one of 17 at the end of the day, and it's just the opening night. So you have plenty of season left to go on this thing, obviously. But I'm, I'm really hoping that they show out. And I think it's important that they show out, Dave, on national television. I'm hoping they don't go out there and, and just lay an egg. I'm really hoping for that. So I just, I, I'm, I'm hoping everybody keeps it in perspective, though. This is one of 17, and you're playing the uh, Super Bowl champs. So, have perspective, people. That's all I'm saying. Perspective is important, I, and I, I think it's incredibly important. I, I do. I, I think that you got to have a respectable performance. Otherwise, this is what happens, Brent. And, and not that the media and the fan narrative drives what these guys do in and out in practices and in the locker room. But right now, the trajectory of the Lions is like, it's ascending, Right. I mean, people are they're hype about this team. You look at the odds. I mean, this is stuff that we haven't even seen in our lifetime, really. And all it's going to take is to come out on Thursday night football and lose 31-10 to to the Chiefs and get dusted off the field. And now everybody's like, well, there we go. Somebody got injured. You lose by three touchdowns, and the season's over. The, the the guys on that team don't see it that way, but sure, the, the hype and the energy around this team and in the city right now would certainly decline. So it's important. I, 
if they don't win the game, I don't think it's life or death. It's one of 17, like you just said. But they got to show up that day, and they got to be prepared, and they cannot come out and be sitting on their hands against a team like the like the Kansas City Chiefs. But all right, enough on the Lions here. Let's uh, let's shift into some college football. So, I want to do before we get into to Michigan football. I want to talk about the uh, the, the Heisman hopefuls first. So, Brant, who do you see as contender, like legit contenders? I mean, I know you're going to say Caleb Williams. I think he's <laughs> probably right there. But um, who are some dark horses as well? And maybe even some other favorites as well that you feel like could push Caleb Williams for that award this year. Dave, what about your boy JJ? Let's just start right there. He's coming out here. Let's go. Number nine. (laughs) He's coming out here. Plus 1,800. I mean, he's kind of right in the middle with some other quarterbacks, Dave. I know that you know uh, Sam Hartman is now playing for Notre Dame. I think um, I would. Drake May is at plus 1,800. Yeah. Oddly enough, Kyle McCord, who hasn't hardly taken a snap at all in in college football, has the same odds as J.J. McCarthy. Um, but actually, Dave, you know who I really like as like a dark horse? Could you imagine this? They sit in the Big 12. They could get hot, beat Alabama early, and I think you know who I'm talking about here. I'm talking about Texas, man. If Texas were to get rolling, we Quinn could be talking, Ewers? Quinn Ewers' hype train would be off the rails. I mean, he shaved the mullet. He's looking like a real, <laughs> he's looking like a real quarterback now. Um, but I could just see that thing started in the trailer park. Now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's actually got plus 1200 odds on, uh, on, uh, I don't know if this is Caesar or whatever, but anyway, so I do like him. Um, Dave, you know, who's second behind Caleb Williams? Uh, have you watched Jaden uh, Daniels? Yeah. Jaden Daniels, of course. Um, really good LSU team uh, yeah. this year. They are really good. And um, I would not be surprised if uh, if he is uh, being talked about in the Heisman conversation at the end of the season. Certainly. Um, do you know where Blake Corum falls on this list, Dave? I don't. And I, before you tell me where he falls, I will say, it, as much as I think he should be in the conversation, let's just be honest and say the Heisman is a quarterback award. Yeah. It just is. I mean, I, I think – but. Tell me, yeah, where, where does Blake fall? Blake Corum, I had him at plus 12,000. So, I mean, that's way down. That's way down the list. Whoa. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think that has to do with the thought that Donovan Edwards has arrived and that there's going to be, A, in September, some limited touches because they don't need them, and B, you're going to be looking at more of a split with the Don. Yeah, I think that's obviously uh, a part of the problem. I also think that, well, you touched on the quarterback piece, Dave. It's just a matter of, man, these running backs seem to get dinged up so easily too. You know what I mean? It's so easy for them to miss a game here, a, a game there. And when you do that, it's so hard to recover from that. It better, is. Better odds. That, so I got to get your take on this. Better odds than Blake Worm, Donovan Edwards, um, not better than J.J., is a dude named Joe Milton that plays for Tennessee now. He's at plus 2,500. Dave, would you ever spend a dime on thinking that Joe Milton will win the Heisman Trophy? I don't think it's crazy. I don't. I know know you're expecting me to make fun of Joe Milton because we heard well, Joe Milton can, like, lay down in a bassinet and throw a ball 100 yards down the field when he was Michigan's quarterback. And then he certainly could do that, just not to anybody in a Michigan jersey. But I I do think that that offense could be humming this year. And the potential is there. He seems like he's been in college football for a decade now. We saw what Hendon Hooker did last year. I won't say Joe Milton came in and, and no steps were lost because that's not true. But I can see it. 
I can't. I can see. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a crazy bet in terms of being a better. Might be somebody worth throwing your money on, or like a Michael Penix Jr., somebody like that. I mean, you never know. Yeah, so you're going to stay away from Brock Bowers, or you're going to stay away from the tight end to win it? That was crazy to me. He was kind of mixed in with all the other studs, though. Um, but, I mean, they're oddly enough talking about him being like a top three pick as a tight end. That, yeah, I mean, what Kyle Pitts go a couple years ago? Was he four? Um. He was fourth to the Falcons, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. And, um, and it hasn't worked out well, by the way. It just, that, I'm not, that's not a shot at Kyle Pitts. I just No, definitely I, not. I don't think that you're ever choosing a tight end at four for your franchise, right? Or at what? What was he, Ron? Eight? Eight, yeah. Hawkinson? What, 12? I mean, yeah. yeah, I've got I've got no interest in that. And Dave, one more thing before we leave this Heisman hopeful situation here, um, I think it's hilarious that they have like all three of the Alabama quarterbacks at like the same odds. They're all like plus three thousand to win it, right? And they don't have <laughs> they don't have a quarterback, but they have three quarterbacks. I guess um, I just think it's interesting that like Vegas will eat up like. I guess whoever's playing quarterback for Alabama, they automatically are assumed to be in, like, the top 20 for the Heisman race. Of course they are. <laughs> I um, just thought uh, that was kind of funny. Yeah, uh, of course they are. Um, I, I think truly a, a, a dark horse – I was looking at the list. I'm looking at it right now while we're recording. Yeah. Um, here's my, my Homer hat. Let me put it on. JJ should be in that conversation. He just should. He runs. He throws the ball. The question is how much they're going to actually need him with their, you know, cupcake schedule in September that Jim Harbaugh probably won't be coaching. But um, and um, I, I, I just think I don't think JJ gets the respect that he deserves. Like I, I, I don't. I know people are sour about the pick sixes against TCU. You. I'm not going to challenge anybody on that. Um, I, I would also remind people the only reason why they were ended up back in that game was because of J.J. McCarthy and how he basically took it over. So you give me that, J.J. McCarthy, the end of the game, try to get into the national championship, that J.J., plus 1,800 or whatever you said it was, I like those odds. I do. I, I, I like it. And I know taking a Michigan quarterback, it just sounds like meh. Like <laughs> the, the school like record passing touchdowns is like 25 or something ridiculous like that, while other colleges have like 40, 50 touchdowns you know, in a season. But I think J.J. has the potential, and maybe this is the perfect transition, he has the potential to lead this team – for a third straight victory over Ohio State, a 12-0 season, and back-to-back-to-back trips to the college football playoff. So let's go there, Brant. So Michigan, right now, let me just bring this up here. Well, I, I'm not even going to read the the over under win totals here, and I'll, I want you, I'm going to let you run this segment because I know you've got some stuff that you want to shoot my way that I haven't looked at. But I guess the question becomes this: Is it for Michigan football national championship or bust? You win it all, or everything less than that, not a successful season. Because I, that's the, that is the narrative in the media right now. It's the narrative from the Michigan football team. Now, we are less than 48 hours from Jim Harbaugh and Blake Corum and Chris Jenkins and Mike Sandrasil taking the Big Ten media days and what they're going to say. But I already know that's what they're going to say. So how do you feel as a fan, as somebody that's evaluating this team from, a, um, from your standpoint? I've never said this in the history Let's of go. the podcast. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. It's 100% natty or bust for me. At least the game, Dave. You at least got to get to the game. I will, I will settle with, a, oh, my God, we lost an overtime type of deal, Alabama-Georgia 2017 type stuff. 
whatever. Um, but no, you got to get to the national championship. There is no reason this team should not be playing for a national championship. You got to get there and see where the chips fall. Um, this team is good enough. They're talented enough. They're coached well enough. There is, I don't know, Harbaugh said it this summer that there's four or five head coaches on this coaching staff alone. Like, they are built to at least play for the national championship. So if you're saying national championship or bust, I'm right there with you. you got to get to the national championship or this is a bust of a season. 1,000% agree. You know, we talked about it earlier this week, and I said, yeah, I'm in that camp. And I hate to say it. And here's the other Maybe our, our, as we dip into the YouTube world, our our uh, followers and subscribers to the show is going to grow. So I want to preface it with this: at no point, at no point, under any circumstances, has this been a Homer Michigan football podcast. Am I a Michigan football fan? Absolutely, have been my whole life. Brant, absolutely, has been his whole life. But when it comes to evaluating this team and this program. I'll be the first to say I have, I have been down on them. I have doubted. I have questioned Jim Harbaugh to the point where I was like, "See you, dude. Like I don't, I don't need you here anymore." I, even after the year in 2021 where they beat Ohio State, they win the Big Ten championship. All the, I, I'm still have my question marks. Can they do it again? Well, they ran it back last year. Did the same thing. Obviously, fell short against TCU. Um, in the semifinals of the CFP, I'm entering what I would call year three of a new era of Michigan football, and I hate being at this point, actually. But I'm right there with you, Brant. It is national championship or bust, and it has to be. Because anything less than that is less than where we've already been. Yeah, where (laughs) we've been or worse. That has to be it, and that's tough. That's tough because that sets up that sets up for major disappointment. That sets up for the worry bug that sets in with me, which is the games against Penn State, right? Like, what does that game mean? A little trick game down in Nebraska. I know we'll get into the schedule late, later on. It worries me. Going 12-0 is not just like a ho-hum, let's run it back. Like, it's going to be a dogfight. It is. But at the same time, that has got to be the expectation. That's why, obviously, outside of NIL and all of that, that's why you got Blake Corum back. That's why you got Chris Jenkins back. That's why Mikey Seymour still didn't go to the draft. So, yeah, the, the, the chips are out there. They're all pushed in. Michigan football, I'm, like I said, put my homer hat on. They've got to do it this year. Dave, I think the reason that you feel that way is because when you look at the crystal ball and you look into the future, yeah, we've recruited really good for 2024, but we don't recruit like Alabama. We don't recruit like Georgia. And that's just, those are just facts. We don't recruit like Ohio State. And, and that's just, at the end of the day, that's what it is. So when you have all these pieces in place, Dave, and not to cash them in, that is a major disappointment. And you know that this coaching staff is going to look different next year, right? Like, you know that. You're oh, not, yeah. You're not dumb. Like, so yeah. we're talking, this is it. At the end of the day, this is everything. And oh, so, it, yeah. go ahead. I was saying, and by the way, Michigan fans, this is the last year with the 14 college football playoff. Um, yeah, this so is, it's going to This you're is the last year with divisions. This is, the, the Big Ten divisions are going away. The college football playoff is expanding, which sounds I'm excited for it. I've been calling for it for a very long time. Brant has too. Um, but it is going to be an absolute gauntlet well, I to win a national teams, championship. Yeah, you I did. Wanted, <laughs> I wanted 16. And, uh, but no, this goes back to the point, Dave, that you're trying to make is you're going to have to – you remember that game against TCU? You're going to have to win three of those to get to where you want to yep. go. Yep. And so, and, and and TCU would be on the easier scale yeah. of where you had to go. That would be like a yeah. round one type game when you got to oh, get yeah. to round four. Good, good luck playing. Good luck playing Utah. Yeah, no, and you're right. I mean, they not only beat uh, USC once last year, they beat them twice. So like, you got it. I mean, and and, just, and and Brant, sorry to keep cutting you off, but um, also everybody last year was like, hey. Um, Alabama doesn't deserve to be in the CFP because of this, this, and that. 
Um, yeah. Guess who didn't want to play Alabama last year? This guy. Nope. Don't want any part of that. So, yeah. Put your big boy pants on because after this year, this thing is expanding and it's going to get real, real tough to win a national championship. Well, I think, Dave, it's interesting that you say that because college football fans just got spoiled with this playoff system, though, because in college football, unlike the NFL, in the NFL you have a lot of the same styles. Like, it's, it's basically the same thing. It's just who ends up making more plays in the end. Styles make fights like in the college football, you know. Uh, it's, it's just so interesting that you could see, you know, how TCU played Michigan, put Michigan blew Ohio State out, but you know – that they would have got dog walked by Ohio State in the championship game, right? But it is just a, it was a tougher game for Michigan for whatever reason. You know what I mean? So, like, if Ohio State gets through Georgia and they have to play TCU, Ohio State wins the national championship. That's it, right there. They're beating them by three, four scores. And uh, easily, I mean, p- people can say the contrary. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, okay, it was sixty-five to seven, right? They were eat- Georgia was eating chicken wings, Dave. Third quarter, <laughs> like. Yep. It was over, bro. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, it's just interesting how college football is going to be moving forward in the future. So so my follow-up, Brant, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you. You can ask me some of your over-under stuff. Um, Michigan, well, one of the things that recently came out of Michigan football, like news-wise, and I don't know if you saw this, was we, we heard in the, in the past over the last couple of years, well, really, that led into the 2021 season, this beat Ohio drill in, in camp and in practice, and that Michigan was directing so much of their attention into beating Ohio State. Well, clearly, you know, and, and really what that was, was an element of practice where the music got cranked up, was pumping, and everybody's going as hard as they can um, to the wall. And it was beat Ohio and in preparation for beating Ohio State. Well, Brant, I don't know if you saw this or not. We didn't, I, we didn't talk about this for the agenda, but Michigan now has a beat Georgia drill. And you've got some people nationally laughing at that or making fun of it. Like, well, it should be beat TCU first, right? Like before you're running a beat Georgia Georgia drill, should be beat TCU. That's funny. What do you what do you make of that? Yeah, that's funny. Like to me, like I know for a fact, like Michigan beats TCU eight out of ten times. I'm not worried about TCU again. Like I get that. Flukes happen. That's that's just a game that went down. Like there's nothing you can do about it. You have to move on. We shouldn't be focused on TCU. That's not <laughs> that's not where this program is headed. TCU will be lucky to win nine games this year, is what I'm saying. Michigan has expectations to win 12, and that's where we're headed. So I get the fact that you have a beat Georgia drill. I mean, do I like it? I don't know. Like, how many more you want to work in if Alabama becomes great again? Like, you want a beat Alabama drill too? Like, you got to be careful with all this stuff. But I get it. I get the purpose behind it. And it's not the fact that I don't like it. It's just a matter of um, let's just take it easy on this. Let's let's not make sure we get a third drill here. Um, so I, I'm good with it though. Like I understand it, I get it, I'm about it. Let's let's go with it. But the, the people that say like, oh, you got to beat TCU first, like that's that's funny. Like okay, get your jabs in now because we're gonna. If we saw TCU in the playoff again this year, there would be no doubt about it. To me, I don't know how you feel about it. That's it. That's it. I I I think that. Truthfully, the beat Georgia thing is, while being laughed at nationally, I'm going to put that in perspective for people because I don't know what's about to be said at Big Ten Media Days, but I can almost guarantee you that Jim, Blake, Mike, or Chris are about to be asked about the beat Georgia drill. I don't know what they're going to say as we're recording this 48 hours beforehand, but I would imagine that that drill is paying respect to Georgia football and their program to say, look, the most, call it Alabama, whatever, the most dominant football program in the NCAA is Georgia. Hands down, it has been, because they have dominated over the last couple of seasons. 
a beat Georgia drill to me says we know what the we know what the peak looks like. We know what it's going. A we've played against them, got our top blown off. B we've watched this happen over the last two years. We are going to prepare for not just beat Ohio State. We know we can do that. We've done that. They've got to do it a third time. Going to be a huge challenge. But we recognize the talent and how big these dudes are and how prepared they are from the coaching staff, and we've got to be better than that. And so when Beat Georgia Drill comes on, it is recognizing we are talking about the best of the best, the future NFL talent, the future Philadelphia Eagles, apparently, and we're preparing to beat those guys. And we're going as hard as we can possibly go to beat the best of the best. Laugh at it, scoff at it, oh, beat TCU first, whatever. The reality is is that Michigan is preparing for a national championship. And you are not winning a national championship if you do not prepare for teams like the Georgia Bulldogs. You're just not. So yeah. put the Georgia name on it, put the brand on it, people laugh at it, whatever. You could name it the SEC if you really want to. You like, got you it. Could... <laughs> I'm cool with that, whatever. I don't care. It pays respect to Georgia, I think. I think no, it, does. it No, it does. And I think that, back to your point, Dave, like, yeah, you might do it once a day. I mean... If you did beat Ohio every day, maybe you do beat Georgia once a week or something. You know what I mean? You work it in, whatever. But the SEC has been the king of the mountaintop for the last 25 years. There's no denying that. So, like, you got to really push yourself to get to their level. Get to the SEC level. Please, anybody in the Big Ten, for God's sakes, dude. Like, I'm so sick of the SEC, Dave, and we don't have to go down that road today because I know you and I will just we'll lose it. I know for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, we're 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 gonna we're gonna need to, to for the Big Ten to do something about it. Um, welcome USC and UCLA here um, after this year. Excited about all of it, but um, man, how good did it feel to be back? Feels so good to be back, man. And talking football, especially uh, especially college football, Dave. I don't know if you know this or not. Week zero kicks off. Exactly one month from now. Let's go. That's great. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, man. 30 days. 30, Let's do it. 39 days till Michigan football kicks off. That's right. Let's do it. Yep. Against right. Ovid Elche High School. I mean, Eastern <laughs> Carolina University. Yes. Shout yes. Yeah, shouts to the Marauders. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's do this real quick, Dave. I got these over unders for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hit I, me with them. Yeah, I want to know where your head's at for Michigan football and um, what what you think their offense might look like this year. Um, these are offensive driven. Um, let's start with the quarterback, number nine, your boy, Mister uh, Mister Smiley, JJ McCarthy. Dave, I know you're aware of the Michigan passing records, right? Like. Let's start with that right there. Over under 27 touchdowns for JJ McCarthy this year. 26.5. <laughs> I gave it 27 uh, out of respect. I, I I think JJ does it. And and by the way, last year you guys know I said no on that. We had the same topic last year one year ago today. I said no. Um a lot of that had to do with the competition with Gabe yeah. McNamara, and I did think that J.J. would win the job, but I said no. I think J.J. does it this year. I think it will be close. I don't think he's throwing 40 touchdowns, um, but I, I think J.J. McCarthy, number nine, cements his legacy here as the, uh, the starting Michigan football quarterback. Yeah, I got him throwing 30 touchdowns this year, Dave. Um, Let's go. Uh, I like that. I like that number for him. I think it's very attainable. I think he can do it. I think this offense is going to look pretty good. All right, Dave. Over under three thousand three hundred and thirty-two yards for young JJ McCarthy. That would break whose record, Dave? Shea Patterson. No, not a chance. <laughs> Single season, three thousand three hundred and thirty-one yards was two thousand three. Uh, Chad Henney or, or John Navarre John Navarre John <laughs> Navarre still has the single season passing record for Michigan football and that should show you why we have a beat Georgia drill that should be the number one reason why we have a beat Georgia drill <laughs> dude 
John Navarre ran like a six five forty. That's so amazing. Bad. Okay, so what do you what do you got? You got the uh, you got the over under here three thousand three hundred and thirty two yards. What are you rocking with? Oh, I, just in my head, I'm trying to do the math on that. I, I'm going to say under. Okay. I don't think he gets there because I, I just think that this – and I, this contradicts maybe the point of the passing touchdowns. I just the, – the running – I just – Michigan's going to run the football and they're going to score most of their touchdowns running it with not only we, – we always say, well, it's Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards, but um, let's, let's not forget, like – these other dudes in this backfield, like they're gonna, and I'm, his name's slipping my mind right now. Who who's the linebacker that uh that train that transition that the, to the running that back threw the, that threw the pass yes. against Ohio State? Why am, Khalil, Khalil Mullins? <laughs> Khalil Mullins, thank you. <laughs> there are gonna be Khalil Mullins of the world. You're be like, wow, dude, that guy ran for like six touchdowns. Yeah, he's gonna take those away. Uh, from JJ, but anyway, that's a touchdown conversation. I'm going under on the yards. All right, Dave. Let's switch over to uh, Blake Corum here. Obviously, right. a disappointing end of the season last year for him. Last year, mm-hmm. rushed for eh, 1,400 and some change. Let's just start with this, Dave. Over, under, 1,000 yards. Over. Okay. I hear you, and I almost put this at 1,200, but we know – the other guy here, I got Donovan Edwards all purpose. My perp- boy. <laughs> Donovan Edwards all purpose yards, 1,500. Over. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Health, health is a big factor here. Health is a big factor, but I'm going over. I think those two are. I know, once again, I'm a Michigan fan. I just. I think that those guys are going to ball out this year. I really do. All right, Dave, I'm going to put you on the spot for both of them. They're both at 13 and a half touchdowns over under. Who's going over? Go Who's going on? Over for Blake, under for Don. Okay. I can, I can reason with that. All right. Cornelius Johnson, over under nine and a half touchdowns. Under. <laughs> he scored two against Is that Ohio what State. Sa- that's what it said at, nine and a half? Nine and a When's half. the last time a Michigan wide receiver caught nine touchdowns? I'd love to know that's that. I didn't look that one up, but nine and a half for Cornelius Johnson. That's ridiculous. It's, okay, but it's still he's their number one receiver, and it's still less. It is well less than one a game. I take how Roman great. Wilson getting more touchdowns over him. Okay, what about Colson Loveland? Over or under nine and a half? S- still under. Jeez, oh, peace. And I love Colson Loveland, but. Okay, we got unders, Dave. All right, over under 1,000 yards for Cornelius Johnson. Under. Okay. Now, I think he's got a better chance at achieving this. I really do. Um, I think with with some of the defenses that they're going to be playing in the first three weeks of the season, his speed, his breakaway ability, I, I really think that he's got a chance to get – 150-yard game, a 200-yard game right off the grip, Dave. So I like his chance to go over for that. I don't like anybody's receiving touchdowns either. Um, I'm staying away from any sort of receiving touchdowns for the Wolverines. I'd bet on all of them, but I'd bet the under. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that speaks to – I think that speaks to a bigger problem for Michigan and wide receiver recruiting. I mean, Dave, if you were a five-star receiver, would Michigan even be on your radar? Nope, going to Ohio okay. State. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say that, it, it, but it's it's true. It, that's not rocket science. I mean, I think that's a that's a pretty just realistic take. I I just I I guess, and I know we'll get into maybe the depth chart and stuff like that in later episodes. But that's one room on offense. Running back is set. Your quarterback is set. Your offensive line is going to be potentially the best in the country for the third year in the row. In, in a row, you got a tight end in Colson Loveland that's an absolute stud, and AJ Barner, who's a transfer from Indiana, former captain, who's a stud, and Higner too. Ryan Higner's uh, also a guy that's there. So the offense is loaded. Wide receiver is there in terms of you've got Cornelius Johnson, you've got Roman Wilson, 
But after that, who is it? Somebody's got that could be Frederick Moore. Peyton, Peyton was, could be Peyton O'Leary from from the spring game, right? Where you're like, yeah. oh wow, we have our Cooper Cup. Yeah. No, we don't. He's got to show up in a game. No, we don't. Where's Darius Clemens? Where, yeah. You know what I mean? Like one of these guys has to step up, and truthfully, I think that's what unlocks the potential of this offense. Because we know what Cornelius Johnson is, a very good, reliable wide receiver. We know Roman Wilson, we saw it last year. When he was healthy, the big playability. But a Tyler Morris, throwing some names out there. Who replaces Ronnie Bell? Who is your possession receiver? Which I think it's not sometimes being called a possession receiver. No, you need that person to run that under route and catch you a football and get you a first down. Who is it? Is it Tyler Morris? Where is Darius Clemens? Where is Peyton O'Leary? One of those guys needs to step up and separate themselves here in the next few weeks during camp. And I think that unlocks the entire offense. Let's go. We're back. We're, We're back. back. All right. All right. That's it, man. Let's let's get on out of here. Hey, season three, episode one, Garage Takes. Welcome back, everybody. Um, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review positive comment goes a long way like i said we're gonna attempt to chop some stuff up get it out on youtube if and when that happens greatly appreciate you all following along with that too sharing it out um and hopefully we can continue to grow the podcast this year we have gotten thousands of downloads since we launched this thing now we just gotta gotta, gotta take the next step so appreciate you all sticking with us and man if you smell that it's not what the rock is cooking. That is football back in the air. Have a great one. We'll see you guys episode two. Powered by Riverside.